We do want to welcome you also if you're a visitor this morning from Christ Church Milwaukee. My name is John McMaster. I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, but I can before we finish today. So welcome. Uh, we are starting a new series on wisdom. We're going to be looking at the book of Proverbs primarily. We'll, we'll get a couple of the references, but primarily uh, the book of Proverbs is going to be our guide. As we go through uh, this really important subject uh, that I think many of us really need, we've already prayed that God would give us more wisdom together. And I think that as we think about wisdom, it's a fair question to ask. Why wisdom? Why a conversation about wisdom? Why start a series on wisdom from the book of Proverbs? Well, I think some of the things that, again, we already mentioned in our prayer. Uh, scenarios that maybe many of you have faced or maybe you're facing right now. Maybe you've got a teenage son or daughter uh, who's running with the wrong, wrong crowd and uh, maybe they get caught doing some things with the other kids. Maybe they themselves weren't actually doing them, but they're caught with the kids were. And so parents, how do you handle that situation? You inherit a little bit of money from a distant relative who passed away and you're wondering now how to spend that money or to save that money or invest that money. Right? What do you do in that situation? Maybe you've been in this situation before, right? You're on social media and someone that you know and love dearly posts something incredibly ridiculous and silly and inappropriate on your wall. How do you respond to that? Do you respond to that? Do you write something back there? Do you call that person directly? Listen, if you've been in this situation before, which again I would submit most, if not all of us have, again, even more difficult ones. Do we let our parents move back in with us as they age? Do we know how to handle changing dynamics in family, distance, and time, and age? But right, all of these are questions of wisdom. If you've ever once in your life said, what do I do in this situation? What do I say in this moment? And you have felt the need for true wisdom. You've felt that desire to have some kind of answer to know what to do in these particular situations. So that's why we need to talk about this subject of wisdom. Now, before we get to our passage this morning, uh, I want to just kind of set the table for us and then uh, lay out what we're going to try and do, not only this morning, but through the rest of our, our series. We're going to go through the summer, looking at different aspects of wisdom again through the book of Proverbs. And I just want you to know that today, by way of introduction, we're not going to cover everything. We can't do that, obviously. We're not going to talk about every single dynamic related to wisdom. We're not going to unpack all of the details and structure of the book of Proverbs. Uh, that would exhaust you and would cost me as well. So we'll try to cover some of that as we go throughout the series. Uh, but today my hope is that we just kind of lay out and lay the groundwork and really start to think about, as you see uh, the bulletin there, the title of this, the, the general invitation of wisdom. What are we being invited to when we consider wisdom? What is it that we are being invited into to do? You know, I mentioned we're going to be looking at Proverbs primarily. Proverbs is a really interesting book of the Bible. We haven't had a chance to read through it. I would encourage you to pick it up and just read through it. Maybe even this summer if we study it together. It kind of falls right in the middle of the Bible, right in the middle of this section that's commonly called wisdom literature. So there's several books of the Bible uh, that make up what are called wisdom literature. Proverbs is part of that. Some of the Psalms make up that. Job, Ecclesiastes. Some people consider the Song of Solomon part of it as well. So it's this section of the Bible where wisdom as a topic is primarily discussed. Now, there's other parts of Scripture as well, as we'll see in just a minute, that deal with that as well. But this is primarily where this is located. As we get to our text this morning from Proverbs 1, we're going to see that this is wisdom's invitation to us. 
the beginning of something new, the beginning of a journey that we're being invited on together to explore this important topic of wisdom and how it applies to our life. So let me read for us Proverbs 1, verses 1 through 7. We'll talk about these questions that are printed for you there in the bulletin by way of our outline. It's Proverbs 1, beginning in verse 1. Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction. To understand words of insight. To receive instruction in wise dealing. In righteousness, justice, and equity. To give prudence to the simple. Knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand the proverb and saying, the words of the wise are their riddles. Not riddles, by the way. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. This is the word of the Lord. God, we pray that you would come to us even now. Meet with us. You promise to do. Open our eyes through your spirit to gain and glean wisdom here from your words. The words of the wise will make us wise in the salvation in Christ. When we see him upon his faces, we learn from him. We change by him more and more into his image so that we might be able to honor him in the lives that we lead. Bless us now as we look at your word together. Make our prayer to Christ. Here's kind of the main thrust of what I want us to get today. This is not just for today, but really kind of throughout this series, and this is kind of our main uh, umbrella principle that we're going to look at throughout this series. It's this wisdom is the compass that guides us through the journey of life. Wisdom is the compass that guides us through the journey of life. And it really leads us on to our final destination into the very presence of God. And therefore, if we want to make it safely and soundly through this journey, we have to do everything that we can in our power to gain and hold on to this compass. Wisdom is this compass that guides us through the journey of life, and therefore we want to make it safely and soundly through life, on to our final destination of the presence of God. We have to do everything we can to grab and hold on to this compass we call wisdom. We've got three questions for us this morning we're going to look at together and try and answer. Pretty straightforward. What is wisdom? Where we find wisdom and why we need wisdom. So let's look at this first idea of what is wisdom. As we begin to think about that question, I guess it's going to be helpful for us to try to make sense of what's happening in the book of Proverbs. Now, Proverbs is really a collection of poetical statements about life. It's collections of sayings that are written in poetical form about observations of life. And one of the things that Christians can fall into when we read the Bible is taking a verse out of context applying it to something that it doesn't actually mean. When we get to a book like Proverbs, we read through some of these statements, they seem to be extremely random, with no context whatsoever. In fact, Proverbs, I think, in many ways invites us to take that verse out of the context maybe that it's written in and apply it to our lives. The difference is that we have to know how to apply it in the right context of life. The context still matters, but now we're trying to apply it in the right context of life. 
And again, I mentioned it's a, a poetical book, so there's lots of metaphors and imagery, similes. There's a lot of irony, and there's a lot of uh, analogies that are used throughout this book. Now, let me give you one that I think is an interesting way to think about how we might study the book of Proverbs. Proverbs reading Proverbs, particularly if we're going to take like a chapter and read it all together at once. Reading and studying that way is like doing a load of laundry. Who doesn't love doing laundry? Reading Proverbs in many ways is like doing a load of laundry. Here's what I mean by that. You throw in a bunch of different garments into the wash. In particular, as you wash those items, you find out here jeans that you love, you throw it in to get washed. That's the one you want, right? You're waiting on those particular jeans to get washed and get dried. That might be that particular one proverb that you come across and you kind of have a little hook that hangs in your mind. You go, oh, what's that? What's that mean? What is that talking about there? And so you throw it in the dryer, and all of them are in there. But it's that one pair of jeans that you're waiting on. And you pull it out of the dryer. And you try you try to see if it's dry. Well, it's not dry, so you throw it back in and you keep waiting on it to be dry. When you take that one proverb, you're throwing it into the dryer of your mind, and you're just tumbling it around. You're waiting for it to be dry. What do you want to do with those jeans? Do you want to wear them? You want to wear them out in the world. They're meant to be worn. A proverb is meant to be applied to our lives. But it has to be done in a way that's helpful, that's good. We have to wait sometimes until it's marinated, until it's totally dry out. You come to one, you ruminate on it, you think about it. If it's not there yet, you think about it. Put it back in. You pull it out when it's ready to be used. What is wisdom? It's the first question we've got to try and answer about this and to think about it in relation to property. Here's something important to think about before we try to define it. We need to think about what it's not. Particularly the way the scriptures understand and use this idea of wisdom. Wisdom is not the same thing as philosophy, although that word philosophy of course means the love of wisdom. Wisdom is not the same thing as philosophy. If you go to the New Testament and you read the first three chapters of 1 Corinthians, there the Apostle Paul lays out his reason and his differentiation between what wisdom is as God understands it and teaches it and how the world understands philosophy. He says these are not the same things. In fact, the scriptures are fairly skeptical when it comes to philosophy or when it comes to wisdom as the way the world uses it and applies it. So wisdom and philosophy are not particularly the same thing. Wisdom is also not the same thing as just intellectual facts and knowledge and factoids. They're not the same thing. Maybe some of you have been following uh, this street by James Holtower on Jeopardy, if you're a fan of the TV show Jeopardy. Even if you don't watch the show, you probably heard something about it on social media. This guy's just racking up tons of cash. He's getting all the questions right. We don't know if he's actually a wise man. He might be. But just because someone knows a lot of facts, it doesn't mean that that person demonstrates what the scriptures call true wisdom. So wisdom is not directly connected to knowing a lot of facts. My favorite author of all time, Walter Percy, said, You can get all A's and still flunk one. That's what we mean when we talk about wisdom. It's not just facts, it's being able to do life well. You can memorize, if you wanted to, the entire book of Proverbs. There's over 900 Proverbs given here. In 1 Kings, we're told that Solomon, the greatest and wisest king of all, has said and taught and gave nearly 3,000 Proverbs. You could know all of them. And according to Proverbs, still actually be a fool, an unwise person. This is something the Proverbs that describe this. Like a lame man's legs which hang useless, so is a proverb in the mouth of a fool. 
And it's this one from chapter 26, verse 9. Like a thorn bush in the hand of a drunk, is a proverb in the mouth of a fool. Think about that image. Someone holding a thorn bush uh, that can do a lot of damage to a person when it's swinging around wildly like a drunk person, doing a lot of damage. A proverb in the mouth of a fool, someone who doesn't know how to handle it, can do just as much damage. Memorize these things, you can memorize facts and still not be a wise person. So, what is wisdom? Well, before we define it, it's also definition that it's not defined for us here. Look back at verses 1 through 7 that we just read. Wisdom is not actually defined for us. And look at verse 7 here. This is a verse that comes up many times when we think about wisdom. And actually, verse 7, I would say, as many other people do, is actually the hinge, not only this passage, but the whole book. It all comes down to this idea of the fear of the Lord being the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. The fear of the Lord does not equate one for one for wisdom. But you cannot have wisdom without the fear of the Lord. And that idea of the fear of the Lord, that's a term that comes up throughout the Old Testament in particular and the New Testament as well. When the author of Proverbs writes that and says that, it simply means this, all inspired humility in the presence of God. That's what the fear of the Lord is. All inspired humility in the presence of God. And if you want to be wise, you have to have that. If you want to be wise, you have to have the fear of the Lord. But wisdom is not one for one, just the fear of the Lord. It's much larger than that. So, if you're a note taker, here's your definition of wisdom. We'll come back to this throughout our series as well. Wisdom is the God-given ability to assess all that life hands us, every situation and dynamic, and to respond in such a way that our choices and decisions ensure the best for others and then honor our Creator. I'll say that again for you. Wisdom is the God-given ability to assess all that life hands us, every situation and dynamic, and to respond in such a way that our choices and decisions ensure the best for others while also honoring our Creator. One commentator said this in a much more succinct way. Wisdom is the art of skillful living. Wisdom is the art of skillful living. Now, if you hear that definition, either the large one that I gave you or that's just that short one, if you're like me, you hear that and you go, I can't do that. I'm going to fail at that. I'm not going to always make the right decision. I'm not going to always make the best choice. I'm not going to make a wise decision. And here's the good thing. That's okay. Because someone has in your place. Christ is wisdom in the flesh. He is wisdom personified. The New Testament continually defines him as such. And he is the one who has made the perfect choice, who has made the right decision. Everything that he has done right is credited to us. And that's the gospel. So we hear this idea of wisdom, and we get intimidated or fearful, like I do. We take heart in the fact that Jesus is the one who has made the right decisions. Wisdom is personified. So that's our attempt to define wisdom. What is wisdom? Now we can ask this question. Well, if that's what it is, where do we find it? Where do we find wisdom at? And the scriptures give us four primary places where we find wisdom. First, we find wisdom in wise people. The people of God who are wise. That's one place where we find wisdom. Listen to what the author Proverbs says here in 3, 7. Be not wise in your own eyes. In other words, don't think that you yourself are this font of wisdom and everything flows out of you and your knowledge and your ability. Proverbs 12, 15 says, The way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. 
Wisdom comes from wise people. God's people who have experience and knowledge and they give that to others. Wisdom comes from outside of ourselves. Therefore, we need to listen to wise people that God's put around us. So it's a question to ask ourselves. Are we listening to wise people that are around us? Do you have wise people in your life that you can go to for counsel, for advice, for wisdom, on any issue of life? Is there someone that you trust who says, I know that that person will do me right. They will not steer me wrong if I go to them with this question. We need to have those kind of people in our lives. Children, are you going to your parents for counsel? Are you listening to their instruction? It doesn't matter your age, whether you're four or five or a high schooler. Are you listening to what your parents say? We stopped our reading here in our first reading of Proverbs at the end of verse 7, but the next few verses right after that immediately say this. Listen to this, children. Hear, my son, your father's instructions, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head, they are pendants for your neck. We find wisdom in wise people. We also find wisdom in God's Word. Scriptures are full of references to wisdom, and not just in what we call the wisdom literature, the wisdom section of the scriptures, but all throughout. We already said it earlier in our scriptural confession following the reading of God's Word, right? It's a reference to 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17. The scriptures are able to make you wise unto salvation, Paul says. And then he goes on and says, All scriptures breathed out by God is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training, and righteousness. That sounds similar to what we just read, doesn't it? That cadence, that rhythm, building upon things that are necessary for life, that are good for life. Correction, review, training, and righteousness. To receive instruction in wise view and righteousness, justice, equity, there's a lot of overlap. So all of Scripture is able to make us wise in salvation, not just with the problems. Think about how Jesus himself, throughout his life and ministry, used wisdom and was shaped by wisdom, how he imparted it to others. You think back to his temptation in the wilderness, you may remember that when the enemy, the devil, comes to him and offers him the opportunity to make bread out of bread. Jesus quotes the Deuteronomy and says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That is a proverb. Jesus gives him a proverb, a wise statement in response to the devil's temptation. Jesus gives wisdom in his own life from the word of God. So wisdom is found in the scriptures of God's word. Wisdom, third, is also found in God's world. God's world, God's creation, wisdom is found all around us in that. Listen to what the author Proverbs says in chapter 30. Four things on earth are small. They are exceedingly wise. The ants are not a people, yet strong. If they provide their food in the summer, the rock badness are a people not mighty. Yet they take their homes into bliss. The locusts have no king, yet all of them march in rank. The lizard you can take in your hands, yet it's found in kings' palaces. So, Four examples right there, these two verses from nature, God's creation, God's world, about where we can find wisdom. So wisdom can be found in God's world. Lastly, wisdom is found in God Himself, right? And this is what Solomon understood when we read about his story from 1 Kings 3. That Solomon knew that ultimately wisdom only resided with God, and therefore he had to be the one to impart it. He had to be the one to give it. Solomon prayed that God grant understanding and novel mind to govern your people. That's what he asked for. And God answered for and gave him wisdom and abundance. As we come to the New Testament, as we said before, wisdom is not just an idea. 
a virtue, something we should ask for, it becomes a personal. We can't overemphasize that enough that Jesus is our wisdom. He's our righteousness. He's our salvation. He is our all in all. Paul goes on to say in Colossians 2, 3, that in Christ all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden. Do you want that kind of wisdom? Do you want that kind of knowledge? Would you like to be able to navigate life well? You have to hold on to Christ. They're only found in Him. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge found in Him. So that's where we find wisdom. And then lastly, our last question. Why do we need wisdom? Let's go back and look at verses 3 through 5 here our passage. To receive instruction. Why is he like, I need help with that. You need help with that. In righteousness, justice, equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise here increase in learning. By the way, if you're already wise, you can still increase in your learning, in your knowledge, in your wisdom. These are things that we need. Why not? Surely I'm not the only one here who knows that I need training and help and wise healing. All of us need that. The reality is this, though, at the end of the day, why do we need wisdom? Because life is hard, y'all. Life is just hard. And we need wisdom to be able to navigate the hard parts of life. This is what wisdom offers us. And here's the thing we need to see about Proverbs. We'll talk about this again as we continue on through our study. Proverbs makes no promises to us. You know, Solomon is not some kind of like, you know, prehistoric Joel Osteen saying, live your best life now and do what I say here, right? He's not making promises. He's saying, this is what life looks like. And if you are wise, you will know how to apply these in the right context, the right situation. But everything changes. And things aren't always what they are time to time, season to season. So that's why we have to take in all of what God offers us. That's why we have to take in Christ as he is offered to us in the Gospels. What is wisdom offer? What is it actually inviting us to? It invites us a way to do life well, to navigate the pitfalls, the hardships, the struggles of life. And here's the thing. It doesn't come to us like a Google map. Right? It comes to us with landmarks. It doesn't tell us street names. It tells us indicators. And so we have to be careful about what we're looking for. We're not going to find the name of the street that we need to turn on, but we can find the road sign, the landmark, the thing that's going to tell us, okay, this is where I need to turn, or this is where I go straight, or this is where I turn to the left. Wisdom helps us navigate this. Let me say this in conclusion. Wisdom is our guide, but it's not our salvation. It's not our North Star. It only points to our North Star. Wisdom is how we find those things on our journey. This is pretty common now in many circles of our world. We hear things like, the journey is the destination. I hope not, folks. <laughs> I'm tired. Maybe you're tired. I don't want the journey to be the destination. I want the journey to come to an end. And wisdom actually does that for us. It offers us a way to navigate this life, to make it to the end of our journey, into the presence of God. And to do that wisely and carefully and safely. And that's what wisdom promises. Ultimately, wisdom, as it invites us on this journey, as a guide for us, it invites us into life. We're going to see next week when we ask the question, who is wisdom? We're going to see this lady wisdom who appears in chapter 8 of Proverbs. 
And she says something really radical. She says, whoever finds me, finds life. Something all like something that Jesus would say. Jesus, in fact, does invite us to come to him and find life and find rest. So ultimately, the invitation that wisdom gives us is an invitation to life and to rest, health, joy, sustainable life. This is what wisdom is actually inviting us to come and find rest in the one who is our wisdom, our righteousness, our sanctification, our redemption, who is Christ. And next week, we're going to unpack that further and see who is wisdom. He is the one ultimately who is inviting us to himself. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, if you ask for your help, we ask for more wisdom. We ask that you would help us to appreciate, to appropriate, to apply all that is found in your word the small sections we've been looking at today, we begin to unpack this idea of wisdom and keep us humble to remind us that only the fool is wise in their eyes. So we look to Christ, who is the wise one, wisdom himself. We receive the gifts that he has for us, even this table that we're about to come to now. They make us wise in salvation as your word does. Bless us now as we prepare to receive Him in these elements. We make our prayer in His name.